Houston, this is a problem. They now have to keep printing or we crash. We've got this ticking time bomb. Talking gold with the one and only Andrew McGuire. Welcome to Live from the Vault. Welcome to Live from the Vault. My name is Shane Moran and I'll be your host for this episode and from the entire Live from the Vault team worldwide, we want to thank you for your continued support. And as you can see, I'm not in the vault today. Uh, I'm in the southern part of Italy having a lot of fun here. And uh, I know, I know, but someone has to do it. You know, someone has to get out here to check out the nature. And so uh, you can imagine now the community that we have is just growing and growing. And we wanted to make sure we brought you this episode because there's so many moving parts here. And uh, we want to, again, thank you for uh, helping us grow. Uh, there's a lot to talk about during these historic times. And fear not. Why is that? Because Andrew McGuire is in the house and we'll be talking gold. This is going to be an amazing episode. So fasten your seatbelt. You know, Life from the Vault gives you access to information and updates that you just can't get anywhere else and this episode is going to be guaranteed no exception and so just before we get to talking gold with andrew mcguire you know we want to continue to hear from you and our live from the vault community on who you would love to see as a special guest on the show so to have your say simply click the link in the description right below there and head over to our twitter channel and reply to the tweet by tagging your dream live from the vault guest and we'll keep a close eye on the results for you and you never know who's going to be on this show it's pretty impressive so far and so with that let's head over to the uk and talking gold with the one and only andrew mcguire oh shane hey shane before you start not i'm not in the least jealous I'm not in the least jealous about where you're sitting not at all and in fact you know no yeah i'm just stuck in the office here i had to switch the fan off for, because of the noise for the for the microphone hey no problem we're in a sweltering heat wave but it's so nice to see you enjoying yourself and having a lot of fun in italy yeah i'm about uh, right here from where i am Andy. i'm about 100 meters from the ocean so uh it's just beautiful so beautiful down here in calabria oh. I don't know if I need to know that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now, Andrew, with so much happening, and uh, what are the most notable events that you've been seeing uh, over the last two weeks? It, it just seems like such a long time ago because there's so much going on. Maybe you can bring us uh, an update on what you're seeing. Yeah, Shane, other than you sitting under that lovely tree, um, <laughs> there's been a myriad of cross currents out there. But look, our aim, though, you know our aim here is to provide our subscribers with information that officials and their agent insider banks do not want you to know. Now, the Cold War really has escalated significantly following uh, the June 26 G7 uh, Russia gold sanctions. Now, our focus, though, is on how this officially sanctioned wall of paper market selling, and, and you only have to look at any chart to see it, is causing an arbitrable disconnect which is being capitalized on in the underpriced type for supply physical markets. And while the blinkered speculators trapped inside this casino with uh, their oxygen and no windows, basically do not see what's going on. What they've done is taken the bait and wholesale market footprints, 100% evidence, competing sovereigns, central banks, uh, but also notably Indian buyers who have pretty much tripled, we're pretty sure they've tripled their usual 30 tons of smuggled gold per month to capitalize on the very active 30% discounted physical uh, gold for oil trade, uh, which is alchemizing paper gold into physical at a rate we've not seen. Let's just take a little time to walk through this as we haven't evidenced the house so loaded long against their customer specs just which is so similar to as they did just before they pulled the trigger on similar bets against the house back in may 2019 and as we know the house always wins and look long or short they will maintain their 95 percent win ratio that every casino uh, maintains 
and every single uh, there's only there's very few games in a casino that cannot be controlled as a 95% win. Now, currently, this COMEX-driven arbitral backwardation, you know what backwardations are? It's when we see a huge disconnect, a, a cheaper price in a further out uh, uh, um, forward contract or a further out COMEX contract, i.e. for settlement in a future date. And we see a price that is significantly below what the cash price is today, what we have to pay today. And what this has done, these, these are so, so enormous. It's led the house, it's really led the house to, to really exposed by the thing they don't really want to happen here, which is there's an exchange for physical. Now, once we've got that term back out the way, we've been through it many, many times, but essentially the COMEX, you can, create a little contract called an exchange for physical, which is deliverable in the, which can transit into the deliverable markets in London, for example, the over-the-counter markets. Now, what's happened is these um, COMEX insiders um, usually have been exposed to these EFP delivery outflows. Now, and, and they've been steadily going long against every single blinkered spec. Uh, you know, because the Brinker specs have sell orders that consistently come in. They think that there's a, a downtrend that will go on till zero, essentially. They're always going to be wrong at both ends. And this is the point we're trying to establish. Um, it's coming very, very close to the to one of those ends. Um, and really, um, what happened in, and the reason I draw attention to May uh, 2019, is what the st structure it, the, it mirrors, what we do is we're mirroring a spec short position against the house not seen since that date. And when was, where was gold? Gold was $1,269 at that time. Then it rallied close to $300 to $1,566 with very, very little in the way of pullbacks, which is typically the case when you've got a short squeeze. Uh, we've had a long squeeze and you get very little pullback. And now you're going to have a long, a short squeeze with very little pullbacks. That's what happened. Uh, and it went all the way from May to September 2019 as the House rang the register on really what was, again, uh, very wrong footed specs. Wrong at both ends. Same in silver, except insiders are far more reluctant to extend really already unprecedented September backwardations, which we've observed reaching, this is key, a $1,400 discount per contract to cash silver. Now, silver futures also reaching similar spec wrong footing against the house not seen again since May 2019. Now, silver was at 14265 at the time before rallying over five bucks, about 550 actually, up to 19750. Very little in the way of actionable pullbacks. It for that next four month period as specs were rinsed. So what we're saying is that structure is remarkably similar. In fact, even more so uh, bullish. So Shane, let's step through the footprints leading to this structural setup because it's really important. So following the G7 meeting on June 26, it was uh, with gold ranging. I mean, gold had been ranging around 1840, 1880. But liquidity providers now confirm that official selling in paper gold, which we reported uh, had begun in our last episode, which, which was directly attributed to the Russia gold and oil, uh, gold oil sanctions, has stepped up notably since. But COMEX Central exchange for physical contracts, which directly feed into the Basel III compliant spot FX gold market in London, are rapidly draining the tiny fraction of real COMEX physical underpinning a ballooning, unsustainable, increasingly underwater, naked short COMEX gold market position. This is another, um, another as yet unrealized Western sanction backfire in the making. And it's incre we're incredulous that they're making so many mistakes that are backfiring. Now, while the siloed COMEX specs have by design been tricked into coattailing these officially uh, driven paper market selling uh, flows, 
Um, and in the process, taking on an exceptionally large wrong-footed portion of the short load against the insider too-big-to-fail agent market banking banks, which even in the rigged casino COT report, which is, which is published every Friday, is impossible to hide. I mean, the extent of it is hidden, but not the fact that they are taking the long side, the bulk of the literally hundreds, hundreds of tons of naked short unbacked paper gold sales now lays on the officials books as a liability. Now, the first problem officials face after chart painting paper gold lower uh, is because the negative, the resulting negative sentiment also forces the GLD ETF. This is the ETF we've been talking about multiple times. It, it's forcing these outflows as specs have been concurrently dumping their GLD positions, which means a significant percentage of the current exceptionally large EFP outflows from the COMEX landing into London into a, a deliverable FX gold market contract for delivery is unable to be diverted into this psyoped spec driven uh, GLD outflows. Now, this severely reduces the ability for officials to employ this GLD, non-compliant GLD exchange as a paper market flywheel to settle paper gold credit positions against paper gold debit positions. And this severely limits the paper sentiment tool, settlement tool officials were able to employ to flywheel gold fixed demand back all the way back in March 2020, which was probably the last time we saw this EFP blow up. Now, a divergence. Now, as we've highlighted many, many times, paper-centric price COMEX EFPs that land in the ring-fenced LBMA physical gold fix only represent a tiny fraction of real global physical gold supply and demand. Now, with the alternative physical exchanges becoming increasingly liquid against them, and the channels to bypass the LBMA ring fence to buy directly from producers, uh, refiners, uh, the benchmark LBMA fix is becoming increasingly irrelevant. We've talked about how little gets squared there. However, as this fix still sets the price that Basel III compliant liquidity providers must deliver against, and with fewer speculators to channel paper gold into the non-compliant GLD ETF, the bulk of the very large size COMEX exchange for physical contracts are destined for a one-way trip out of the casino. Houston, this is a problem. And just since the start of June, let me just give you some indication of the size of this. Since the start of June, when the oil for gold trade was re really started being capitalized on by the on an industrial scale by Indian traders, we've evidenced physical gold and following the increase in Indian gold taxes, which was recent, uh, about a week ago, increased, silver has been in very strong demand, but also it's increased smuggling enormously. Now, the EFP COMEX drain is particularly relevant as since the Basel III NSFRs were implemented in January, forcing foreign exchange gold market liquidity providers to back, fully back, long or short positions with physical. Up until June, GLDs provided this non-compliant backdoor for officials managing the price of gold against the dollar to exchange or mark to market non-deliverable COMEX centric positions. It's the only way to, to escape the uh, Basel III NSFR conditions, but having PSYOP specs into dumping their paper gold position, which also evidence them, them dumping their GLD positions, this lever has become ineffective with very little of these massive EFPs being exchanged for physical in the FX gold markets. And, and, and so really very few of them can be backdoored and the rest of them are flowing out. And this is a problem. And unless officials pull back from chart painting specs into selling every single rally. Now, currently, when they're selling rallies, they're covering into it. But there comes a phase when it has to has to flip. And this unusual condition makes it impossible for officials to physically 
short cover the net of speck held residual expanding naked short rehypothecated positions. So there's only so much that the specs can take the load on. The rest of it, really the bulk of it, sits on the officials' books. EFPs are currently being aggressively alchemized by oil traders, in fact, backwardated EFP physical gold to secure this plus 30% discount on Russian oil is what's, is what's happening. In fact, the gold for oil trade is only limited as to how much physical can be secured from global sources to feed this trade. Wow, what amazing times we're living in. You know, Andrew, on our last episode, you just brought it up again, but on our last episode, you, you drew our attention to something I haven't heard anyone else talk about, and that's the large Indian market gold smuggling. Uh, what are you seeing in the last couple of weeks on any developments in that area? Yeah, Shane, and as we've been tracking, the Indian gold uh, for oil trade has significantly ramped up. Uh, smuggling large tonnage sized gold inflows, which adds an additional drain on the already tight global physical market. And as was really expected, following the Indian tax increases, smuggled gold ramped up. But this comes on the back of the likely tripling of the 30 tons per month that the World Gold Council estimates. So somewhere in the region of about 90 tons. Now that extra 60 tons of capacity is pretty darn relevant because at the margin, it is sucking gold out of the, out of the physical, the global physical markets. Nothing to do, limiting also what is able to be flywheeled by the LBMA, even though that is ring fenced. Now, bottom line, with this additional physical demand, this G7 sanctioned paper to physical gold market disconnect is in the process of blowing back on officials. Wow, amazing times, amazing times, Andrew. You know, just before we started recording this episode of Live from the Vault, you really got my attention when you were talking earlier on how many tons of outflows that the casino has been evidencing. Can you kind of talk to our community about what you're seeing here? This is amazing. It is actually amazing. And, and um, since we drew attention to this condition in our last episode, the evidence is there to see to anyone who wishes to look at it. We've already evidenced consistent, actionable, plus minus $3 August futures market backwardations to cash gold, i.e. the gold, the, 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 the front month August contract, which comes up for delivery at the end of July, has been for nearly a month now backwardated by around plus or minus $3, which is, and we've said before, anything around two bucks or more is completely actionable and is being actioned. So these, um, so what's that resulting in is, of course, these exchange for physical outflows from the COMEX that are being forced to be T plus two delivered. That is when it arrives for, to qualify under NSFR rules, the liquidity provider that is on the other side that takes that position has to back it with gold and has to deliver it within a two day time period. So far, June and the seven days of July, because we're recording this on Wednesday um, on the 13th, so far, June and the seven days of July trading has evidenced a massive 360 tons of COMEX outflows. And while market making insiders are arbitraging the $3 disconnect, liquidity providers are reporting they are delivering this EFP physical gold outside the ring fence at hefty premiums. And why wouldn't you, if you can immediately exchange this for, for oil, for, 30, for a 30% discount and sell the oil back into the market. And under the current wall of paper market selling, this paper market price disconnect will result in the next and most damaging ledge leg of sanction blowbacks against the West as the 10 times larger Basel III compliant deliverable foreign exchange gold price setting market becomes so divergent from the paper settled price setting COMEX futures markets, it further invalidates the historically relied upon COMEX as a viable hedging tool. But this has already happened in silver futures, and we'll look closer at that in a minute. But 
unless these unsustainably backwardated gold conditions are short covered, forcing a price increase, obviously, current ring fenced fencing will become too obvious and the Comex LBMA fix will become so divergent from the real deliverable price of gold that gold, which is the most fungible currency for the last 5,000 years, will no longer be fungible with the global physical markets. There's such a massive disconnect. This is huge. So the LBMA CME alliance either becomes obsolete and unable to be used as a hedging tool, which is actually what's happened in silver and is close to happening in gold, or every ounce of underpriced paper gold will be sucked out of the COMEX into the Basel III compliant deliverable FX contracts, certainly for gold. Now, you know, but cutting gold and silver borrowing costs um, this, this week has allowed more casino chips to be borrowed from the house and has allowed speculators to double down on their naked short positions. So what happened was where the, the CME, the, the casino managers decided to increase the number of reduce the cost of borrowing the chips, basically, that you can play in the casino. And so by reducing the cost, it's increased the number of chips. The specs have taken these chips and doubled down on their net short positions against the house. But the insiders will be capitalizing on taking the long side and they'll take these chips back at a huge profit from these guys uh, who are currently leveraging um, these margin reductions, these, these borrowing cost reductions in, in uh, both gold and silver, to be honest. Um, uh, so silver was even larger. But while specs double down and we're talking about gold, but and GLD is not an optionable flywheel for incoming EFPs, these backwardations are reaching levels insiders will have to take the long side of to hedge physical delivery overhang. Either way, the price must rise soon because you can not settle a physical contract when it's turned into a physical demand. You can, it's NSFR compliant. You cannot settle that by cash settling it once it arrives in London. Wow, there, there seems to be a lot of movement and a lot of news in the in the whole gold industry, the wholesale gold industry. Now, what? Let's talk about, uh, you just mentioned uh, silver. Can you update all of our Live from the Vault uh, silver fans out there and stackers on what you're seeing, uh, what you've seen basically over the last couple of weeks now? Yeah, this is huge. It's perfect, Shane. This is exactly, this is where the smaller silver market provides us advance notice that the COMEX price setting mechanism has actually already broken. The same actors' footprints in the direct related, more visible smaller silver futures market really underscores this unprecedented fracture of the two divergent global uh, price setting markets. So I want you to everyone to mark this in their calendar. What we witnessed on Wednesday, July the 6th, this is I want you to mark this in because this is when the silver market hedging me mechanism finally broke. Now, we'll look at this in a little more detail in a sec, but it is, it's significant that this foreshadows the same is about to occur in the much larger global price setting, glo uh, global uh, COMEX gold futures market. So while officials obviously do not have any physical silver to leverage to sell against, Footprints left by the same agent insiders active in the gold futures markets have been revealed. Now, while specs are holding the bulk of the short load in silver with the commercials on the long side, there's far too much in the way of official gold supply being sold to be able to lay it off on these speculators. So the spillover will leave a massive paper to physical gap to fill. So yes, Shane, to elaborate <laughs> your silver, of course, looking at the same actors, more visible footprints in silver, four days into, four trading days into the G7 instigated wall of gold selling, which reflected on silver, and that was um, on June the 30th, under the radar of most futures markets traders, the July silver contract rolled off the board into delivery, whereupon 
we observed that the silver market had moved into such a deep arbitrable backwardation that it had bled unresolved into the further out September contract. We'd already hinted at this in our last episode, but now what it's done is expose an unprecedented, exceptionally large $1,400 per contract backwardation in September silver. Now, if you're an insider, you're all over this because the speculators don't see the cash market. They just see a dot on the screen in the COMEX. In fact, they're forbidden from trading in the in the futures market, in the um, in the spot markets. As we said before, I had to get rid of all my uh, U.S. clients in 2013. Anyone that was uh, basically wanting to trade over the counter was forced to trade the the version of it in the COMEX. Now, the reason the reason Wednesday, July the sixth was so important. It, this was when the silver futures market finally broke to such a degree that it can no longer be relied on by liquidity providers as a legitimate, legitimate hedging mechanism. The COMEX silver market is broken. There is no other description for it. And looking at the data, and for those people that are interested in the data, it's impossible to ignore this ma massive Wednesday, September uh, 21.7 cent backwardation. Hold on a minute. We're talking about the September contract trading at 21.7 cents cheaper than the cash market. Now, this is huge. Now, if you add in the carry costs for the forwards to carry this contract over to the September contract expiry, that ramps it up to 28 cents. That's equivalent to 1400 bucks discount per contract. There is just no hiding this was an EFP fracture. And since then, we've witnessed persistent between seven and 13 cent plain vanilla backwardations into technically deeply sold conditions. Now, this is a reversal from the norm because we normally expect silver futures, 15 to 20 cent premium to spot, which obviously that legitimizes it as a silver, as a hedging instrument. Same with gold. You expect a higher price in the futures market so that you can take your position, your sure, your, your physical position, your long positions, your, your derivative positions and hedge them in the, in the COMEX for a slightly higher price. Now, these unheard of backwardations completely nullify COMEX futures contracts as a viable hedging tool. This is huge. The EFPs in SI, are silver futures, are so divergent that COMEX inventories are being sucked out of the COMEX for delivery, making it far more difficult to incentivize more speculated paper selling traction into obvious insider buying. Now, you know, because there comes a point, even though they have more chips to sell into, it's starting to get very, very tight. Now, this unprecedented degree of COMEX century underpricing versus the cash price versus September and even December futures contracts underscores that the COMEX futures contracts are no longer a viable benchmark to hedge physical or long spot positions held by market making liquidity providers. And they want somewhere to hedge it. And this is especially, this is especially relevant as paper discounts are flowing into very strong Indian and Chinese physical demand. Now, notably, liquidity providers report that cash silver also went into technical backwardation with a December contract by midweek last week. Really spooking liquidity providers. These are conditions even more divergent than when we evidenced the EFPs fractured in March 2020 that triggered an $18 short covering rally. So, you know, there's a difference between the, uh, the, the, the net short position between the commercials and the specs, which we talked about in May 2019, to an exchange for physical disconnect. Now, very short term, blinkered to the cash market disconnect, speculators continue to chase this bearish momentum, continue to chase it, utilizing their short profits, the double down, get some more chips, bet, double down on these bearish pets. I mean, you're chasing something that is just a dot on the screen. And it's resulted in an unprecedented disconnect that when 
not, not if it can uncoils, but when it uncoils, it will be violent. And once liquidity providers lose trust, as they did in March 2020 in gold, when the EFP to spot market broke, forcing these liquidity providers uh, holding spot longs hedged on the COMEX to lose hundreds of millions in just a few minutes, all but the four insider banks listed in the OCC report, you can go look at them, who they are, we know who they are consistently, now hold 95%. In fact, we looked at it with Robert Keynes last week. They're holding 95% of all the silver derivatives contracts. All the others have exited this space. And as we reported back at the time, we witnessed the exit of most European second tier bank liquidity providers. And this market depth liquidity has just never, ever returned. Now, understandably, having been caught out once, um, even plain vanilla liquidity providers who, who are just providing very short term liquidity have, I mean, and there are dozens of them, but, but these are not the market making banks necessarily. These are just liquidity providers really watching each side of a spread, making sure they have the physical to back it up should they get turned upon. They become very wary of making markets in this 10 times larger foreign exchange gold market. Uh, again, following being un unexpectedly turned upon for physical delivery of unbacked gold positions hedged on the COMEX once before. So trying to exit these physical delivery calls, if you remember that it, it just snowballed them on en masse. They were called on their short hedge hedges, which turned for it was forced the COMEX to go bid only driving $100 spreads. Uh, look, these are that that was the evidence of a crack of a crack that was quickly papered over this this time this time we have a, a a market a physical market that isn't just relying on a covid lockdown this is a physical market that is in huge demand and you cannot stop the russian gold or oil um discount and and, and there's more on that in a minute but but essentially with spot gold foreign exchange positions now Basel III NSFR compliant, which is so important to understand, which speculators do not understand, the market making agent banks only have one non-compliant backdoor to square this EFP gold as it's flowing out of the COMEX, and that's GLD. But as we've just outlined, given the current EFP drain into this psyoped gold outflows, all EFP gold currently landing in the FX gold markets is resulting in EFPs translating into COMEX draining physical deliveries. Now, while this wall of G7 mandated COMEX centric US driven official paper gold selling has deliberately flown under the mainstream media radar. Oh, yeah, we're down because of bond yields. Oh, because strong dollar. That's rubbish. This is this is an official sell program and the related equally ill-advised but newsworthy Russian oil price, ca price capping mandates that were discussed at the same time are also headed for a major blowback. And as per JP Morgan, you'll probably all see, saw JP Morgan's prediction. Yeah, guys, if, if uh, the oil prices could surge to $380 a barrel, if Russia decided to slash crude production in response to these G7 sanctions to cap the country's energy prices. You, you couldn't make this stuff up. Can you imagine where what gold will be like at 380 bucks? These guys have both sides coming in on them. This is like this is a complete um, a complete circling of this short position now. Our first tier liquidity providers also confirmed to us that the non-compliant, um, the non-Basel III compliant COMEX centric selling has been official. However, the wall of paper gold selling reached extremes last week and into this week too, dislocating the exchange for physicals to actionable levels not seen before the EFPs fractured back in March 2020. So bottom line, this is a huge backfire in the making, especially as physical gold supply is tightening as central bank sovereign and a massive tripling of Indian smuggled gold to feed the, the gold for oil discount window into a very ill-conceived Fed attempt to water down the paper gold price 
is increasing the leverage of paper gold to unsustainable, increasingly evident backwardated levels. That's amazing, Andy, and I'm sure you just brought up the uh, Indian gold, and I'm, I'm positive that Indian gold is not paper that they're moving. This is actual physical uh, gold going around there. Now, Andrew, here's a, a question. I'm positive as you were talking there, I thought the entire community would be say, would be thinking about this question. Maybe you can help answer it. But once the casino moves to ring and then register, where do you see the prices of gold and silver moving to? What are you seeing out there? Yeah, great question, Shane. And, and, and this has been a question we've been deliberated with a wide range of liquidity providers, some more bullish than others. But once the double down naked short squeeze is triggered, Structurally, most liquidity providers consider that this spec-driven short squeeze uh, will continue until it hits around the March 22 um, uh, levels of around 2,078. I mean, that's sort of the consensus number was around 2,000 to 2,080. So, um, so the, which is actually the, the rationale for it. It's the point where the house turned around and rinsed the specs at the other end of their naked long positions before uh, GC, the gold futures. Uh, so, so basically, uh, so we'll see a rally probably into the into that pivot point before we see the house uh, then starting to rinse the specs of their naked longs again. However, a lot of damage has been done since then, and before gold futures. Uh, then gold futures will likely revert into a buy the dip stance, uh, which is when the specs, we're wrong at both ends, will go naked long and be set up, of course, for the COT rinse back to around probably, everyone figures, probably come back to around 2000 to the equilibrium point. But in the meantime, it doesn't matter what the price, <laughs> because if you can exchange this gold for not only as a safe haven, obviously, regardless of the price, whichever way you look at it is undervalued, by, by every metric you can possibly imagine, but never mind. But if you can st still um, leverage this gold for oil trade, which you can, and you're only limited by the amount of gold you can actually take delivery of, then obviously this is not the same game anymore. They've blown it. And through this entire two-way process, it's giving a window for the hugely bullish for gold to oil trade uh, currently being driven by way of an unprecedented, in, um, unprecedented increase in gold smuggling and the development of a physically backed BRICS currency basket, which we have outlined before. And we'll get, next time, we'll actually look closer at that. But there's some information coming out of that. You see Saudi now possibly joining the, the, the basket. It, 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 there's some stuff going on. But... <laughs> You can't ignore this stuff. It, it, it from every this is the enveloping horn that Gatta talk about, and understandably, gold and especially silver investors are getting very, very, very frustrated in the meantime with the blatant counterintuitive capping of what should be a natural flow of safe haven investment demand into gold and silver that should evidence both gold and silver rising in these conditions. Uh, into the back of a strong, fits, um, safe, driven, safe haven, global demand, which we are seeing outside of the casino. Now, if you, if it was not for the officially run Comex Casino, this would be happening. A bit, no matter what, what the price is, and and so we've recently been observing. There are strong competing central bank and sovereign-sized physical buyers ready to step in and capitalize on synthetic discounts, which is the only thing providing any form of discipline to the non-delivery COMEX pricing mechanism. Ultimately, paper prices are, as we've said, convertible into physical through this EFP mechanism. That's, I can't underscore it enough. That is their back door. That is their Achilles heel. Then they can't, they can't, you cannot remove that exchange mechanism or the markets collapse. This is an unwanted competing physical demand that is forcing commercials exposed to the physical markets to buy back futures to head this physical exposure, which is they're on both sides of the market. And they damn well know that these if you can't channel it into DLGLD and everyone wants to puke up their GLD positions, where the hell do you put it? It ends up as 
uh, unless you can unless they can cover it cover use it to cover which a large portion of it is used to cover their positions and to actually take another uh, long position against the specs which is exponentially even larger than what we're seeing on the on the comex then obviously you know you have to bear all this stuff in mind uh, i guess the bottom line of this i guess the question is though just how long can this divergent action continue so I think for the answer, we must take off the US-centric blinkers designed to block captive, captive COMEX participants from taking the much larger 360 view to which every other participant is telegraphing fair value prices that are significantly higher than currently on offer in the non-delivery world of the COMEX casino. By design, the global view is hidden from my myopic COMEX participants. We talked about it, huh? we talked about five minute halts being instigated in the COMEX and yet the same actors being able to trade simultaneously while the COMEX is frozen in the over-the-counter markets. This is a setup, it's a rigged setup. Yet under the US centric radar, a large unleveraged move into physical gold from all, all, other participants is underway. And this includes the same market making banks operating as official agents in the COMEX marketplace. They're also loading up on physical based on these massive divergent prices. They are acting for the officials, but it's the officials taking the load. These two big to fail banks are not, they're going long their books. The fresh move into physical gold is driven by the largest central bank move into gold since Nixon closed the gold window in 1971. And these reported foreign central banks, banks and sovereigns are moving to diversify their reserves away from the dollar and in doing so have effectively reopened the gold convertibility window by competitively moving against each other to load up on a gold price that is hundreds of dollars below where they perceive it to be worth against the dollar. So yet published data only reflects the volumes that must be reported, which although um, way short of reflecting the real picture, already evidences the largest move by competing central banks into gold since 1971. And that's just, as I say, what is reported. China and Russia are the elephants inside the synthetic price setting room. However, the emerging market, uh, the emerging market central banks have now moved in to become some of the largest buyers of gold. Also, lagging reports of strong Indian wholesale demand are continue to leach out all the time. And of course, that doesn't reflect what we just discussed, the 30 tons of smuggled per month gold that has tripled since the World Gold Council estimated it. And none, none of this data captures monetary gold escaping the reported mechanisms, nor are direct imports from foreign-owned mines reported, all of which contributes to tightening supply in the current dilutive non-delivery price. And it's the offer to sell real physical that is rising, and it is the attack on paper gold that is draining the necessary liquidity to suck in enough spec supply to offset the move for alchemists to convert paper gold to physical sub-1800. It shouldn't be below 1800. And the currently deeply backwardated silver price to boot. So look, given the size of the move into physical and with physical gold priced synthetically at the margin, each ounce removed from the COMEX price setting mechanism weakens the official mechanism to further control the gold, gold pricing. Now what we're witnessing is an unprecedented move to secure lock-in diluted paper-centric COMEX prices, convert these ounces into physical gold ounces and silver of course, through this EFP and over-the-counter spot index gold and silver positions. Um, amazing again, Andrew. What an amazing show again. But I, I can't uh, leave without asking you one more uh, question here, Andrew. You'd mentioned, you mentioned the COMEX silver markets. We know now from how you've shown us exactly that this market and the, the, the COMEX is actually broken. What, what do you expect from this and how long uh, can this continue? If the, mar if, the, if the COMEX is broken, what's next? Yeah, Shane, great, good question again. Um, um, having evidenced these major dislocations between the paper market and the physical markets, we need to look at the changing dynamics, which is caused by large 
these recent large liquidity flows out of the COMEX non-delivery markets into an ever more liquid physical market. Now, from a wholesale market perspective, it's evident that we're witnessing this unprecedented dislocation between gold futures and the physical market. However, from a more general market perspective, this dislocation, as we've just identified, is evidencing a completely broken silver pricing mechanism. And it's not rocket science. When we witness months of deep actionable backwardations that do not revert, which since our last episode has morphed into unprecedented backwardations between the front two months of the CME futures contracts. And yet we also evidence a lack of a leveling arbitrage trade backwashing from significantly larger over-the-counter cash silver markets. We know the COMEX price setting mechanism is broken. And let's not forget the primary reason that the regulated futures trading exists in the first place is to allow legitimate hedging. So when we see a massive embedded backwardated disconnect where the COMEX price is significantly lower than the cash price, that mechanism is broken. I just don't get why speculators won't look beyond their screens. This is a viscous coupling which does influence lower prices, but there are limitations as to how deep these oversold conditions can be pushed to. Now, this week, with a short silver bubble evident in the ratio trade soaring, soaring above 92 ounces of silver to one ounce of gold, a technically oversold naked short futures bubble resulting in divergent to wholesale market fundamentals, uh, fundamentals limits are now being reached into just how deep Insiders can rig prices um, really lowered to close. And, and, and these prices have been really attacked, have been, been surgically moved lower. Why? To actually close as many of these over the OCC bets before, nickel go, uh, before silver goes nickel. And we talked about this. They are exiting their positions. They want to do it at the cheapest prices possible. And they're using speculators in silver because while you can't lay all the liability on the, on the gold specs, you can lay a hell of a lot of the liability onto the silver specs. And that's what's happening. They are covering these OCC bets before silver goes nickel. We've seen a huge exit of uh, companies now not wanting to do business with the LME. This is bigger than the LME. So yesterday, for example, uh, silver futures were banged lower into the fix. Why? Then gold futures were banged over into the fix. This is, this is an undoubtedly a race to exit the OCC short positions into spec-driven technical backwardations, while specs use up their fresh margin credit to these chips with insiders ringing the register on these shorts. So, so, so to sum up, kind of, uh, Shane, the recent silver action it provides us a far better view of just how advanced this paper to physical dislocation has become. Uh, liquidity providers are forcing the expanding ESPs, EFP spreads to hedge against the, a nickel-like explosion, which could drive EFPs to break altogether. Now, the divergence must be resolved or the sharks will move in and the EFP Comic Silver, they'll, they will EFP Comic Silver. And, and if they're not started yet, this is looking at those spreads are going to drag in the, the sharks. Yes, they don't notice the silver market until it's time until you smell the blood. Some producers and refiners are already reported to be buying back supply at extremely arbitrable conditions. And why wouldn't you if you can get your contracts back at 1400 low, lower than the, than the spot price? Just, so really, just to really sum it up, the immediate bullish drivers that will in quarter three offset the quarter two wall of naked short paper market selling, we should step back to just before the Russian sanction blowbacks opened up a massive physical gold hopper to fill. And recall, if you recall, the LBMA, pull up LBMA issue 80 of the Alchemists publication issue where the LBMA admitted, and you're never going to forget this, of course, and anyone that's looked at it before, they admitted that, quote, the wholesale physical markets are broken. This is way back then. And why? Due to ebbing liquidity. And, you know, now when we talk about ebbing liquidity, we're talking about real physical market liquidity. 
And the LBMA were already telegraphing what we're now witnessing, a broken but extremely, uh, increasingly arbitrage paper market, which when it lands as an EFP in the hands of the over-the-counter liquidity provider, must now be Basel NSF FAR compliant, Basel III compliant, and physically deliverable. And only the depleting GLD inflows provide a backdoor for officials. However, with, as we say, with specs selling paper gold, GLD by default is receiving less gold credit liquidity to gain. So while conversely, GLD is being targeted for actually for physical by others. Now, obviously the, the authorized participants don't have to play ball with that. And they just don't because they'll just refuse. Silver, they'll refuse because no one's gonna argue with you it's not NSFR compliant. No one's going to argue with it if they don't provide it. Now, the newly weaponized dollar, so finally, the newly weaponized dollar is incentivized central bank sovereign physical demand and repatriations, while the formation of the BRICS currency basket, uh, the trade wars, negative interest rates, comparative bubble territory risk sentiment, pushing up against undeliverable bubble territory, short gold and silver positions are reason enough to take the gloves off. The gold silver price reset is undoubtedly not far away. And this is not a time to be short, safe havens of any, any kind. And as we always want to end up with, it's not a question of, do you have any physical? It's how much physical do you own now? Exactly, exactly. Thank you so much. In these historical times, Andrew McGuire talking gold. And remember to our entire Life in the Vault community, buy physical and understand the difference between what Andy affectionately calls the casino paper gold and silver markets and the actual physical gold and silver markets. They're not the same. Don't be fooled. And uh, there you have it. There's another episode for you. I told you it was going to be an amazing uh, episode. Uh, please help us spread the word about this channel by liking, sharing, and by subscribing. It really helps the channel out a lot. There's a little bell there. If you'd like to be notified uh, as each episode goes live, then just go ahead and click it. And we want to hear from you. Don't forget, uh, we want to hear from the community on who you'd like to see as a special guest on this show. So you can have your say. Simply click on the link in the description below. We'll add it in there. And head over to our Twitter account and, and reply to the Twitter by tagging your dream live from the vault guest. And we'll keep looking out for this. We'll share the results with everyone. And with that, we will see you next time on Live from the Vault. And with that, see you then. Bye for now.